In this episode, I share six common mistakes that Amazon sellers are making in the product research phase. You're listening to the Amazon Private Labeler Show podcast, hosted by seven-figure e-commerce seller and digital entrepreneur, Nick Landowski. This is the show to get the tips and strategies to take your business to the next level. So strap in and get ready, because it's time to escape the rat race and build your own e-commerce empire. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody, what is going on? Welcome to episode number 127 of the Private Labeler Show. How the heck are you guys doing? I hope that you're having a fantastic day. And thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your busy day to listen and support the podcast. I am truly grateful for each and every one of you guys. All the comments and reviews and all that stuff that you guys have been giving me. Again, I, I just can't thank you enough. It's truly, truly uh, motivating. And again, I'm very grateful for all of that. I got a fantastic episode in store for you today. We will get to that in just a moment. But, uh, you know, I've been kind of preoccupied, again, not working um, that much the past week, week and a half. I had some family in town and I was doing a lot of fishing, a lot of boating on the Gulf of Mexico, just having a great time, enjoying the weather. And I'm not the biggest fisherman in the world, but I'm kind of proud of myself. I actually caught like a really big fish. I caught a monster snook. And uh, if you guys want to see a picture of that, visit the show notes. So if you're any avid fisherman or whatever, go check out the show notes. Probably the biggest fish I ever caught. So super excited about that. And um, Jungle Scout Contest, I'm sure you guys want an update on that. So if you listen to episode number 126, you'll know that uh, I'm doing a Jungle Scout Chrome extension giveaway. Just wanted to give you guys an update. Uh, by now, I intended on kind of uh, picking the winner for that. But what I decided to do is just extend it just a little bit longer because I know that some people are having some problems with the criteria. They're having some problems leaving the comments on the YouTube video and this and that. So I wanted to just make sure I gave everybody adequate time to do that. So there's still time. So if you haven't yet entered to win the Jungle Scout Chrome extension, there is still time to do that, okay? So I'm gonna extend it just a few more days. Here's what you gotta do. You gotta go to YouTube. So if you haven't done this already, after I get done explaining this, pause this and go do it because you can win something. So go to YouTube, find the link, find my YouTube channel. So either you're going to find episode number 126 or episode number 127. I'll link all that. Okay. Or you can just search it. And all you're going to do is the following subscribe, hit the notifications bell. Okay. And then simply like the video. So episode 126 or 127, just like the video and then comment the following say, I want jungle scout and you can put whatever kind of fun, other stuff, uh, common stuff you want there. Totally up to you, but that's the stuff that you got to do. And I, what I can tell you is that there's a lot of people from the last episode that weren't doing all those things. They were just commenting or, or what have you. You got to make sure you do all those things in order to get registered for the giveaway. So I'll extend it just a few more days. Again, if you want the jungle scout Chrome extension, go check that out. Um, you can find the links, just go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 127, or to listen to the last episode, just go to 126 and you'll get the links to the YouTube channel and the videos and stuff like that. And, uh, one last thing, it actually just came down prime day guys rapidly approaching. So Amazon just put a notice out saying that, Hey, you should get your inventory in by June 27th, June 27th. If you want to have that inventory readily available 
in time for Prime Day. So make sure you get on that and get that inventory in there. You don't want to miss it. Prime Days just get bigger and bigger, guys. They just get more and more awesome. Last Prime Day, holy crap. Like that was amazing. Made so much money that day. And I want you guys to do the same. So get that inventory on its way to Amazon sooner rather than later. Okay, so let's get after it here now. So if you guys listened to episode number 126, I was talking about Amazon product research again. Got a lot of fantastic feedback from that episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, please go back and check it out. Um, In that episode, I was diving into a whole handful of ways in order for you guys to kind of generate product idea opportunities. And, uh, you know, again, hopefully you guys found a lot of value in that. So what I wanted to do since this part, this part of the process, the Amazon product research part is so important. I wanted to dive into things kind of even further, kind of from another angle. So I'm going to share with you guys six common mistakes that I see a lot of sellers making when they're in the product research phase. So my hopes is that by the end of this podcast, you'll be armed with enough data and information so that you you will not make these mistakes and waste money and waste time and waste investment. So it doesn't matter if you're a new seller or an experienced seller, I think you'll find value in this episode, okay? So getting right into numero uno, this is one of the more common mistakes that you absolutely want to avoid, and that is simply not knowing your numbers, okay? You need to know your numbers. If you're gonna invest all the time and energy into finding product ideas that you're going to launch on Amazon, you're going to plunk down your money, your hard-earned money, you should know your numbers ahead of time. You shouldn't guess, okay? I see it very often. Let's say somebody posts on the Facebook group and they're like, you know, I thought I found an awesome product. And by the time all said and done, after I launched it on the Amazon, I didn't realize that, you know, this product really wasn't going to make me any money. There's not going to be any meat on the bone. And it's almost impossible for them to do things like advertise with pay-per-click or what have you. And they're super deflated and frustrated, okay? That should not be a surprise. You should take the time to literally get out a sheet of paper or spreadsheet or what have you and start, to the best of your ability, writing out what it's going to cost to sell that product. Like, what can you anticipate as a profit per unit on that product? So you're going to need to know things. When you're going back and forth with your suppliers, like, obviously, what's going to be the product cost? How much is it going to be roughly to ship that item, okay? And are there going to be any taxes or tariffs on that item, depending upon where you're shipping it from? And if you guys have been paying attention, there's kind of a, you know, a little bit of a trade war going on between Trump and and China right now. And that's affecting sellers. Okay. That's affecting importers. That's affecting profits and things like that. So you have to kind of pay attention to that stuff, sketch it out again, to the best of your ability. And this stuff can all change, you know, shipping costs change, taxes, tariff stuff that can all fluctuate. Okay. And you're going to need to know this, like as far as how much is it going to cost for Amazon to pick, pack and ship that item? Like if you're using Amazon FBA, are you using Amazon small and light? So you can go to things like the Amazon FBA fee calculator, just Google that. And you can get a really good accurate idea of like, how much is it going to cost for Amazon to do that stuff for you? So you're going to need to be sketching all that out. Okay. And coming up with those costs. So that way, at the end of the day, you know, Here's roughly what I can expect when I sell this product. Like, you know, if I'm selling for 20 bucks, I'm going to walk away with $6 profit or whatever it is, right? You should, you should know that ahead of time. And then other things that you're going to need to factor in, obviously, are things like, you know, when you're launching a product, a new product, well, you're going to need to get images created. You need to get the listing created. You might be outsourcing that stuff. 
Okay. A lot of sellers would, I wouldn't recommend doing it on your own. So go to the jungle market as an example, or if you want your listing created, go to uh, Karen at marketing words. Okay. I had her on the podcast recently. Again, that's stuff that you have to kind of factor in and then other things too. So are you going to be doing a giveaway on your product? Like how many units are you going to be giving away? What's your plan for, you know, for that? So you kind of need to plan that out a little bit. So all that stuff you need to factor in. And again, to the best of your knowledge, to the best of your ability, before you pull the trigger on that product and invest in it and launch it, you should know this stuff. So again, there are no surprises. Okay. So don't make that mistake. It's kind of a, it's kind of a rookie mistake or what have you, but uh, that's one of the most important things that you want to make sure that you have worked out ahead of time. So moving on to mistake number two that I see a lot of sellers making that you absolutely want to avoid, and that is trying to reinvent the wheel with your product opportunities, trying to get too cute, too creative, and you become emotionally attached to these kind of weird widget ideas that you're kind of coming up with in your head. So naturally, you know, when you're in the product research phase, you're using a tool like a Jungle Scout or what have you, and you're trying to generate all these ideas and you're trying to think different and think outside the box a little bit. And unfortunately, sometimes that does more harm than good for the product research phase. So you have to think about things for a second. Amazon is simply a place where you want to put products out there that are actually in demand. Okay. It's all about in demand products. What are, what are customers actively searching for? You want to avoid low demand products as well. Okay. So again, you might have a cool idea way to like come up with this new type of a product or what have you. But if nobody's actively searching for that type of product on Amazon, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Okay. So again, don't get too cute, too creative. Just simply keep it simple. Serve the market what it wants. People are going to Amazon with an intent to buy. They use the search bar. So, you know, if I'm looking for cat litter or dog food or whatever it might be, it's quick on, quick off. I'm, I'm just using that search bar, boom, typing in cat litter, and you know, away it goes. I'm not actively browsing for a lot of unique opportunities or things like that. It's just, uh, it's quick and easy. So you have to kind of take that into consideration. Okay. And the other thing too, is you don't want a product where you have to overly educate your customer on what your product is or does. That's a bad idea for Amazon. Again, people use Amazon real quick. They jump on with their phone. They need something, boom, on, off. And if a customer has to sit there and study your listing, look at all of your content on there and really isn't sure exactly what you're selling or how it's going to benefit them or anything like that because you're too creative and you're too cute, uh, that's just a recipe for, for disaster. Keep things simple. Simple as that. Find products that are in demand that customers are actually looking for and then serve that to that customer. Keep it easy. Avoid trying to reinvent the wheel. So moving on to mistake number three that I see sellers making that you're going to want to avoid and that is picking items that break very easily, okay? Or have a lot of problems or could lead to a lot of customer issues. So as an example, like I don't ever sell glass items or anything that has glass on it. I just wouldn't do it, okay? Maybe you want to, I just would avoid it. I don't think there's any need to even go down that lane. So just thinking about it, uh, you know, glass items, how, how much of that stuff is gonna potentially break during shipping, okay? before it even gets to Amazon or what have you. And those types of items you might have really high return rates on, just customer issues, stuff like that, that I wouldn't really wanna deal with, okay? Um, I also avoid items you know, that uh, have anything to do with batteries or whatever, or a lot of moving parts, or tech in general, stuff like that. I just don't wanna deal with it. I don't wanna deal with the high return rates. 
you know, the, the problems that this stuff might not work, or it might break or what, whatever, something that has a ton of mechanical moving parts. Uh, I just kind of think that there, you know, are other opportunities that come with like way less hassle. Okay. That you can kind of jump into. So that's just me avoid items that could be a hassle or break easily. So moving on to mistake number four, everybody, and I actually have an asterisk next to this one because it's just critically important that you understand this and don't make this mistake. But I typically see a lot of times in the product research phase, a lot of sellers failing to properly evaluate the market that they're thinking about getting into, okay? They don't go deep enough. They don't go wide enough. So they typically only look at like the top one, two, maybe three competitors in that space for that market. And they judge everything off of what they see just from those top players there. You need to go deeper than that. And you need to go wider than that. Okay. So what is the 10th best seller or the 10th top seller doing on average day in and day out in revenue sales, all that types of stuff. What's the fifth best seller? Like, what does it look like? If you have a concentration of uh, all the sales kind of going to only one or two players in that space, like that's kind of concerning. You need to be aware of that stuff and cast a wider net to see, again, what are some of the other sellers consistently doing? And typically, you know, something that a lot of sellers don't realize is that you may, you may land on your product research for that day. You may not realize that that seller or sellers maybe just got done doing things like giveaways, lightning deals. Maybe they're pushing external traffic. So maybe for those that day or two that you're just seeing that their numbers are spiked and it's not a true depiction or, you know, accurate depiction of like what a normal day would look like. Okay. So everything's a little bit skewed and unfortunately you're going to make poor decisions off of that. So what you're going to want to do, and you can do this with the jungle scout web app or whatever tool that you have, you're going to want to look at like, what's the previous sales history of not just the top one product or top two products, but all those different products. Like what can you expect on an average day? So if you have the web app, you should be able to easily find that information. You know, what can you expect on a normal day? Again, not just for the top product, but for all the uh, the other products in competition with that. How how do the sales kind of distribute out? Okay, so again, not understanding that you know that top seller might have a huge external traffic or a big YouTube channel that they're pushing all this traffic in on, and if you don't see that stuff and you don't fully understand that, then you could really be setting yourself up for failure. So you need to know how to identify all of what's going on in that market, who that not just the top players are, but who are the other players? Again, how's those sales distributed and what is, you know, a normal sales day look like? So go back a month and see kind of what were their sales like and things like that. So you have to take a lot of things into consideration. And I generally never make a decision on a product from the moment that I land on it. Like I will kind of evaluate it based on, you know, sales kind of going for, you know, the next few weeks and things like that before I ultimately make a determination. I never land on something that one day and go, boom, that's it. Because I want to see different things going on in that market. Other things to take into consideration, like this, uh, you know, seasonal items and things like that. So if you're not aware of that, you know, we're coming up on summertime and you're not fully aware that that product is kind of a summer product and the sales are, you know, super strong right now at their peak. Well, what are they going to be like in two, three, four months? Is it just going to, you know, go down the tubes and, and be non-existent? Like you need to kind of see that stuff and understand the, the market that you're in and when the peak times might be. And again, what's an average day look like? So use all of your data sources available to kind of um, take a deep dive into that entire market. Okay. So moving on to the fifth mistake that I see a lot of sellers making that you want to avoid, and that's picking products that are hyper competitive. 
You know, a lot of times when people are just getting involved in, in this space of selling on Amazon FBA, private labeling, this and that, you know, they see all the money that a lot of sellers are making, you know, their screenshots and things like that. And they think, you know, that can be me too. And what do they start doing? They start using, let's say, the the tools to help them find products. They're, they're busting out Jungle Scout or whatever, and they start setting the search filters and they want to find products that are just the grand slams and, the and, you know, just the massive home runs. And that's what a lot of people are doing because they just want the big payoff with that one product. You know, they they want the product that does like $50,000 a month in revenue. It's just going to make them rich and all this and that. And if that's your game, fine, knock yourself out. But um, unfortunately, that's the game of a lot of people kind of just getting in this space and it just becomes too overly hyper competitive. Okay. So instead of targeting grand slams and home runs, have a different strategy. Just target singles. Target products, again, that, uh, you know, not a lot of people are looking for. So go for the odd products, as I keep saying. You know, find products that are only doing like $5,000 a month in revenue. Again, it may not be super exciting, but there's a lot less people playing in that space for those singles. If you put a handful of singles together, you, know, you find a product that's doing, you know, five, six, seven thousand $7,000 a month in revenue, but the profit margins are great. You, know, you put a couple of those together, you got a nice little business there. You got some nice income coming in, okay? And there's far less people playing at that type of a level, okay? And, you know, I kind of had that mentality uh, a while back where I uh, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to put some singles out there and uh, see what happens. And that's kind of what I did. And actually, one of my singles that I thought was just going to be a, a no big deal type of product, you know, making okay money, okay revenue, okay profit, actually turned out to be a grand slam. Okay. You just never know, but it was much easier to launch in that space. Didn't have as much, you know, craziness, not as much competition or anything like that. And, uh, sometimes those singles can grow into doubles, triples, or even home runs and grand slams. So you never know. There's just far less people playing in that kind of that lower rung revenue, uh, expectation. So, you know, $5,000 a month revenue, $6,000, 7,000. Again, it doesn't sound that exciting. It's not $50,000 a month revenue, but it's a lot easier to launch products in at that lower space. And that's what I would advise a lot of you guys, if you're struggling, kind of just look for some of those easy opportunities out there and you can build some confidence, start making some money. And again, uh, just keep adding singles. You build yourself a nice little business. So the sixth and final mistake that I see some sellers making from time to time that I wanted to bring to light so you can avoid it. And that is from time to time, sellers are failing to check for patents, okay? They're going through this whole process and they're attempting to launch products on occasion that they really shouldn't be because another company or person or what have you actually has patents out on an idea or something or there's some legalities to something and they're kind of setting themselves up for a dilemma, maybe a potential legal dilemma, maybe problems with the company or Amazon or what have you. But you gotta make sure that what you're putting out there or trying to sell is a-okay to do, okay? So I'll give you a quick story. So the other day, or last, I think it was like last week, I kept coming across this one product that uh, I noticed there was really no competitors whatsoever. And, the, and this seller was just murdering it. Like they just had exceptionally good sales. And I just kind of thought, wow, like this looks like a potential opportunity to explore. And as the days went by, I'm realizing like there's nobody else really competing with this guy. I'm like, what's up with that? So the more and more I dug into it, uh, I realized I'm like, this guy's got patents out on certain things here. I'm like, that's why nobody's really trying to compete with this particular seller. But had I not gone that extra step to check for the patents and, and what have you, and I just kind of just blindly went into it and, and made the investment and launch and this and that, you know, before I know it, I could have some legal issues on my hand. Okay. And there was a reason why there was a reason why there was really no competition for this guy. 
because uh, he had the protections and patents and, and all that legal stuff to, to kind of, again, protect him from all these things. So um, just don't be that person that fails to check for the patents. It's super simple to do. Go right to Google, pull up your you know patent check websites or whatever it is, whatever you got to do, and check that stuff out to make sure, again, that you're a-okay to sell whatever it is that you're trying to sell or do, okay? It's really quick checks, and um, you can avoid a lot of headaches. Okay, so I'm about to wrap this episode up here, but before we do that, I just wanna give you a very quick recap of what we covered here. So first and foremost, make sure you know your numbers, sketch all that out. There should be no surprises at the end of the day, and then make sure that you are selling products that are actually in demand. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. And then also make sure you are avoiding products that break easily. And when you're diving into your research, make sure that you are properly evaluating the entire market at a whole and not just that one or two product at that day and time. Okay. And then um, you just got done talking about this. So focus on selling lower revenue products. Okay. Don't go for the home runs all the time. So far less competition playing for the lower revenue singles, as we call them. And uh, finally, Make sure you can sell what you're selling. Make sure there's no patents or copyright stuff or legalities to what you're doing or what have you. So that way you don't get in trouble down the line and waste your investment. That would not be cool. Um, hopefully you guys found value in this episode here. And I want to just promote the Jungle Scout contest one last time. If you failed to do that, do that right now. Okay, so go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 127. Okay. And that'll take you to the show notes of this episode and it'll be links to the YouTube channel. So all you got to do, go to the YouTube channel, the private labeler show podcast, YouTube channel, find this episode. So episode 127 or 126 doesn't really matter. And all you're going to do is the following subscribe, hit the notifications bell, and then like the video and then simply comment. I want jungle scout. And you can put whatever kind of crazy fun messages else you want in there, whatever, you know, put a joke in there. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to give you guys a few more days to get your entries in for that. And then when all said and done, I'm going to pick a winner to win the Jungle Scout Chrome extension license. So I'm really excited about that. Make sure you guys take care of that. And um, if you guys, you guys hear me talk a lot the past uh, podcast or two about Jungle Scout, if you just want to get right to the chase and if you want to grab that for yourself, take a look at my resources page over at privatelabelershow.com forward slash resources. I do have some special unique offers there for listeners of this podcast, some special links and deals that you can't really get anywhere else. So take a look at the Jungle Scout offers there for some bundle options and things like that um, if you are interested, okay? So that about does it, guys. Hopefully you found some value in this episode. I would love to hear from you. Please jump in our Facebook page and make sure you comment about what you thought about the episode. And I will talk to you in the next one. Peace. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.